Andy, huge, huge fan. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But let's first talk about Assassin. How much work was needed for this character? Um, you know what? It was a roller coaster ride. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, we filmed this movie in like two weeks. It was just nonstop. Um, so you, there wasn't a lot of time to breathe and which in a way, like I love a challenge and, and Jesse Atlas, the writer and uh, co-writer and our director, um, he really like took care of us at the helm. So mm -hmm. when also, when you're surrounded with a great cast, like, like we have, it makes things easier. So there wasn't a lot of time to kind of sit and, um, you know, massage the thing it was like let's just go which i think works because it's an action-packed psychological thriller that's what you want <laughs> for sure was it filmed between the first and second seasons of upload um i believe it was filmed um after season two um but honestly uh, what is time? Don't I, don't even quote me on that. Like I don't even know. I, I we we filmed this movie two years ago. It's been a minute. Um, but but it was a memorable minute. <laughs> yeah. How many movies or projects ago is it for you? Like four? Uh, no. <laughs> I know, right? Let me count. No, no, I, I say that with all seriousness because you've managed to be one of those people who it comes out and then we find out that you were in it, as opposed to one of those people where the IMDb shows 12 projects ahead. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it very much is like a surprise. And then like, oh, you did that. And that was, oh, that was a while ago. And I'm like, I know I've been sitting on it. It's, you know, I'm really good at keeping secrets. <laughs> yeah, that's that was actually going to be my next question. The ability to keep secrecy was also a prominent part of your musical career. So is it organic that you can keep the secrets or just you had to learn how to do it? I think it was organic. I mean, I, I respect privacy, you know, I think if it's not my business, it's not my business. And I, you know, why am I going to share it or get involved? Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, I love a little gossip like anybody else, but I, sure. you know, I, I really do respect that. And, um, I also respect an NDA. I don't want to be sued. So, <laughs> That's the best response I'm going to get, but we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going that you respect the NDA. But at what point did you realize, and I love your music, your solo, side person, whatever it is, Arctic Monkeys cover, whatever it is, Andy, big fan here. But at what point did you kind of decide that acting was it as opposed to being the full-time musician? Um, When I realized that I couldn't make any money. Um... <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. It's the end of the day, Darren. Yeah. You me at my best. Um, I, I'd say. Um, I, you know, making money as a musician is hard. Um, unless you are touring, um, and or I, I don't even know. You know, selling tons of merch. Um, it's it's a tough gig, and I love it. I think a dream of mine when I when I was only doing music and 
I mean, I haven't always only like acting's always been there. Like I've always mm -hmm. done both, but music was just the first thing that took off. Um, and, and when that became like, okay, I, let me just hustle with music. And I realized how hard it was to make a living. And I was like, it, it started to kill the, the joy. And the reason why I made it in the first, I wanted to make music in the first place. So that, that was kind of a moment where I was like, I, I want to cultivate an area and obviously acting is not any easier. <laughs> you're doing awesome at it, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's not like I went and picked like, oh, I'm going to get a job in finance that will be more whatever stable. Um, I went and picked some, something, you know, and focused on the other part of my creativity that can also be very like up to chance. Um, I've just been, I've just had more opportunity and, and a little more luck in that area. Um, and that's been, that was a dream. Like I kind of made a conscious decision where I said, I don't want my music to become a thing that I, um, I resent. I, I want to still be excited about it. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't want it to be like, um, you know, um, I don't want it to be such a, a struggle to where I lose the love for it. And that's where I was like, oh, I'm losing that. Let me, I need to pivot and, and, and hone in on something. So I really focused on acting, got mm -hmm. my training up and, and, and I've been steadily working at that over the, you know, simultaneously still doing music, but that was a dream. It was like, let me get acting so I can pay my bills. Um, but now I get to do music for fun. And that is just, that's been such a joy for me. I saw that you recently re-uploaded the Dodger Stadium National Anthem to your YouTube. So I was about to say that music's not totally in the background. No, I mean, it's always been there, you know? Um, it's it's not always been in the foreground, but I recorded a new album last year. Uh, oh. Being mixed. Um, I've, you know, been writing new songs um i just went to cameroon last month and i got to sing uh a new song with the uh, women in the baka village and that was just such a dream you know so music music's always been there for me that's like a through line um it was just i needed to eat i needed to pay my bills so that i was like we need to get real <laughs> i can't go back to edible arrangements darren <laughs> wow you were an edible arrangements person I was, I was humble beginnings, my friend. Hey, I start off the the gap in high school, so you never know where they come from. So, yep. mm -hmm. well, well, down to the last two or three quick questions before I let you go, because hey, the whole world wants to talk to Andy Allen today. Um, question number one: Which movie or thing is next? Are we allowed to know, or is it Assassin Forever? Oh, I mean, I hope there's a sequel with Assassin. Um, I, I did a movie um, last year called Absolute Dominion that's so dope. And um, I know they're looking for distributors right now. So that's I, I hope that gets um, released soon. Upload season three is in the can. Um, Star Wars, The Bad Batch um, is out season two. I'm voicing a character on that. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm writing and directing my own projects. 
the new album hopefully comes out this year. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening. It's it's a great, exciting time in, in my life and in my career um, that I'm really grateful to be here. It's been a, you know, a, a, over a decade long journey, but that's how long it takes. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it doesn't happen overnight as much as people think, you know, you're like, oh, you just showed up. You're like, I've been here. <laughs> oh, for sure. You're People who dig and see your work with the NPG know that you've been around just yeah. a little bit. But, you know, the last question I have uh, about guitar, what, who or what do you endorse these days? Do you have active endorsements or am I going to tell the world that you need endorsements and to hit you up? <laughs> um, I have an endorsement with Taylor Guitars. Um, I'm open to endorsements with electric guitars and any... Um, anything else. Um, but yeah, right now it's just Taylor. Um, and, and that's who I went back to Cameroon with because they have this amazing, um, uh, environmental project that's helping rebuild the forests, um, in Cameroon because they use, um, ebony, um, um, to, to build a fingerboard on the guitars. So fantastic, incredible project and, um, and love that they're, they're giving back and doing some, some really good work to to make a difference in the world so yeah but yeah i'm down for endorsements holla i will have to dig into that as well but the wife and i love upload one of our favorite discoveries of television the last two years so psyched it's coming back from season three congrats on assassin there's a new album as you said bad bad wow keep up all the greatness out there Thanks so much, Darren. I appreciate it. Can't wait for you to see this movie. And uh, well, you've already seen it, but for everyone else to see it um, and, and also for Upload Season 3. Can't wait for that. That's you just just wait. Aaron, thank you for taking the time. A few years ago, you published an academic paper that a lot of people found interesting and inspiring. Has anyone from Bellator read it and or thanked you for your contributions to the world of science? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I've, I've never been spoken to about it by anyone from Bellator, but maybe we need to, uh, print off some copies of this paper and, and hand them out at a, a staff meeting or something. Thank you for your time, Luke. When you win a big fight, like you're going to win very soon, what does the celebration look like? And how long do you take off in your personal life from fighting like that? So, uh, like I said previously, I've got a lot of personal things going on right now with my family. And uh, once once I get this W, um, I'm taking some time to really spend some time with them. It's taken, obviously, like everyone else, this, this, this camp has taken me away from my family. I travel about six hours a day for my two to three training sessions. So I'm basically out the house from seven o'clock. I get back at about 11 o'clock and I get to see my family on a Sunday. So... I need to spend some time with them. We're, we're celebrating in California for a little bit, but we need to uh, we need to be together now more than anything. So um, I'm taking some time off celebrating with them and then uh, I'll be back within about a week, but it'll be light training. And then two weeks after that, I'm back in the mix. I'm ready to go again. But um, yeah, that time off for me for this one's going to be super important for me and my family. When you have control of the jukebox during training or the speakers, what music is playing? I really like my oldies rock. Um, man, I can't get Celine Dion off my radio. I don't know why, but I refuse to walk out to Celine Dion, I promise. But that's what I've been listening to. I'm really grateful to be here. Hey, buddy. 
Hey, Steve, how's it going there? Uh, well, I'm doing good, man. You got me in my uh, my yard outfit. This is my work in the yard outfit, and 11 o'clock rolled around much quicker than I thought, so you got me in my yard outfit. Well, a fashionable yard outfit. I mean, a lot of people, for me, would be like a black band t-shirt and shorts. You, <laughs> you wear a button-down to do yard work? Yeah, it's very formal. No, I mean, this, so these shirts are like sunblock. I don't like to wear sunblock. So they're very, very thin. And when it's hot, you're still getting a breeze through the shirt, but you're saving yourself from the sun. And then I got to get the hat to cover the face. You know, it, it's a whole thing. I hear you. Well, hey, can we start this off with a compliment? Absolutely. Okay. The growth of your career is astounding and so inspiring because the last time I interviewed you, I think the bio said he's been viewed over 173 million times. And now I think the bio says he's been viewed over 20, uh, 223 million times. And I think we're only talking about a year and a half that those extra 50 or 60 million views happened. So, hey, it's it's fantastic to see all that happening. It, well, and not only that, it's fun. Like I'm, you know, it's one of those things, you know, and, and now with the TikTok, my voice, everybody uses my voice. So I'm at, I'm at Home Depot the other day talking to the paint guy and the woman goes, can you talk again? And I go, what? She goes, your voice. Right. I go, what do you mean my voice? She goes, oh my God, it's you. You're the comedian that I listen to from this influencer that does all your stuff. So it, it, it's been, it, it's been fun and exciting and I embrace it. I don't, I don't care that that other people use my material um, on their social media. I mean, obviously, I want to be tagged and I want people to let them know where they got the soundbite from. But I mean, TikTok alone has just it extremely blew up. I mean, we're at 1.2 million followers on um, TikTok. And the last video we put up did 14 million. So it, it, it's just crazy. Right. So at this point in time, you're obviously a headlining comic doing theaters. I think you've had five specials. The podcast with Renee just keeps growing. It kind of sounds like where you are right now is where you really wanted to be four or five years ago. One thousand percent. And not only that, the vision that that my wife and I wanted for us to work together, because, you know, a, a, a couple that doesn't spend time together yeah. Uh, you know, you, you start, you know, kind of growing apart. So uh, the wife and I are a team. We do this together. And I think that that's also what is appealing to people is that that they see that I am the guy that works in my yard um, on my own. I don't hire people to work in my yard. Um, my wife and I have a very, very normal marriage and relationship. I'm not very Hollywood. You know, I am the typical man's man, dude's dude. I always say I'm a below average man trying to make an above average woman happy. And I think that most men feel that way. Right. Like every Kevin James project or Adam Sandler project there is. And, uh, are you still living in Texas these days? I am still living in Texas. And, and, and again, I, I think that that, you know, I am a Texas guy born and raised and, and coming back to Texas. But what, what's really great about it is that, everybody around me is not in the business. And when I lived in Los Angeles, all anybody ever talked about was the business. And well, what are you doing? And what producers are you working with? And what agency are you with? Right. What manager, you know, and, and here they could care less 
about me being a comedian anymore. They all think it's cool and they think it's exciting, but we, we just talk about our kids, our yard, our life, what we're going through, raising kids. And it's a very normal environment. And I need that for my standup. I, I also need it for my family and my kids. And I think that that's why I'm able to continue to be relatable despite the success, despite the, you know, and, and not to be braggadocious, but despite the financial success as well, we're very grounded and very down to earth and we live a very normal life. And I think that that's what's appealing. You mentioned the yard a few times now. Is it because there's so much land that you have to take care of it or is it actually a hobby? It's a little bit of both. I, you know, I do live on 12 <laughs> acres and there is always something to do, um, but it, it is definitely a hobby, but it, it is a very Zen moment for me. Um, I get off the road you know, from being in the circus, I call it the circus. I, I go out into the circus. I perform for thousands of people. There's meet and greets. The green rooms are crazy, you know, and I come home and it is my peaceful, me in the yard, me in the lawnmower, me in the, the, the property. And I just do my thing. And it, it's, just, it's very therapeutic for me. How long would you say you need to cool down after a show because I know the artist high of performing on stage and doing the meet and greet where it's sort of cool down, but you're still talking a mile a minute and meeting all the people before you get to the hotel and nobody talks and it's very quiet there. Does it take you a long time to come down? It, it takes a very long time to come down. And, and there is a, you know, like for example, I'm up every morning when I'm home at 6 a.m. I'm getting my kids ready. I'm taking them to school. I am about as involved as a parent as you can become. Mm -hmm. um, I coach jujitsu. I coach my son in jujitsu. I really? coach my yep. I coach my son in little league. So Monday and Wednesday is jujitsu. Tuesday, Thursday is little league. And then keep in mind that all of a sudden Friday, I'm on the first flight out, which is usually six or seven a.m. So I'm up at 3:30, 4 in the morning. I'm going to the airport. I'm flying to that next city, um, and then. By the time I get there and eat lunch, there's very little downtime. Then it's time to go to the show. And then I'm up till two, three in the morning. So Friday for me is a 18, 19 hour day. Right. You know, and, and then it's, man, I'm exhausted. Let me sleep in. And now I don't know if you have kids or not, but sleeping in to me is eight o'clock. Oh, okay. Like, like eight, eight a.m. I'm like, why am I awake right now? I was up till 3 a.m. Why am I up at 8 a.m.? You know, and then Saturday starts again. And then again, started all over, get back in town Sunday morning, hang out with the kids and the family, try to go to bed at a decent hour because Monday I'm up at six again. So it is this up and down. And, and the hard part is after those shows, I can't sleep because I'm, I'm amped up. The adrenaline's going. I'm super excited. Yeah. And when I do, when I do meet and greets and, and people people's energy feeds me when I do those meet and greets and people are like, Oh, I had such a great time. And we laughed so hard. And right. Oh my God, you and your wife are like me and my wife. I mean, that's the stuff that even energizes me more. So the meet and greet actually puts uh, logs on the fire. When you just called the Friday an 18 hour day, I think you might've sold it short because isn't there usually one or two morning radio appearances or call-ins for the afternoon drive along with that? So you have to be funny even longer. 
Yeah, even longer. And, and not only that, there's the managers, there's the agents, there's, yeah. you know, all the things that are going on. So there really is no time to sleep on Friday. You know, it is. And, and that is that is the only day of the week that I have a drink. I will have a drink <laughs> Friday evening after my second show and have a couple of drinks to wind down and relax and have a little bit of fun. And then Saturday, I don't drink because it's back. I mean, usually I don't sleep at all Saturday because by the time I get off stage, by the time I do the meet and greet, I'm on that first flight out. I mean, it's full. I'm, I'm back at the hotel by 2 a.m. I got to be up at 4 a.m. to then go to the, the airport. So it sounds like the everyday civilian Monday is the is the dreaded day where they have to, you know, come down and get back into their routine. But for comics, it's actually Fridays are their Mondays. Friday or Thursday. You know, I, I am lucky enough that that I am no longer doing the most of most of my weekends are Friday, Saturday. And I did that on purpose because <clears throat> I do want to be a good dad to my, my, my kids. I want to be a good husband to my wife. And, you know, I, we sell so many tickets on Friday and Saturday that I really don't need that Thursday anymore. And I don't need that Sunday. So <clears throat> for me, it's Friday, other comedians, Thursday. I mean, shoot. In, in the old days, when I was coming up, we would work Wednesday through Sunday. Right. You know, well, I, I know you're a hard rock guy because the last time we were talking, uh, Eddie Ojeda was mentioned a, a, towards the end of the interview. But, you know, what you're talking about with Days of the Week, the Brett Michaels tour that's happening this summer, I think it's called the Party Gras, which I don't know if it's the, the most cringy title for a tour ever or genius. But I think it only does Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they go home the rest of the week. And even though it's a summer shed tour. So it makes me wonder if you... Brett Michaels, a lot of people figured out the genius of being able to tour, you know, 40, 50 weeks a year, but not the full 40, 50 weeks a year. Yeah, I mean, and and, and again, you know, it, you know, it used comedy used to be the most important thing to me. Then my wife came in my life and then she became number one and then um, comedy became number two. Then I had, you know, my kids and then now the kids are number one. The wife's number two. <laughs> Tied with one before I get in trouble and then comedy. So <clears throat> as much as I love doing stand up, and I'll never stop doing it. I put my family first. And, and I, I also think that that is the appeal to, to my standup is even in my standup and the jokes that I write, people know that my family is first. Right. So hearkening back to what we were talking about before about how sometimes you're the headlining comic and sometimes it's specials and sometimes it's podcasts. It's a multifaceted career. Uh, these days, you found success in being your own self-produced person where, yes, you can be on Amazon, Netflix, Showtime projects, etc., but you can fund the comedy special yourself and it's still seen by millions of people over time. In the future, do you think your next special will be independent? I don't know. I mean, you know, we're kind of having that. It's funny you bring that up because that's the exact conversation uh, that we're having right now. You know, because I have grown so big in my career, now all of a sudden the streaming networks are very interested in, hey, we want Steve Trevino on our streaming networks. We'd like to give him a deal. So we're entertaining those offers um, as we speak. Um, I do like having the attitude of you're not going to tell me what to say and how to say it because I don't need you. So I do like being at a point where I have that, that pull to go, look, I don't need you. We all know I don't, we don't need, I don't need you. I will go out and do it myself. I've done it myself and been very successful. 
but uh, we're entertaining that and we're trying to figure out, I have never had the commercial press. You know, everything that I've done has been organic. Everything I've done is, is through word of mouth, mm -hmm. um, through social media. I've never had the billboards and the, the advertisement and the front page of, of a, a, a Netflix or a Amazon Prime, you know, where, where they're, they're shoving it in your face going, see this, you need to watch this. I've, I've never had that. So I'm, I'm weighing out the options. Is it worth getting that commercial advertisement and marketing and giving up ownership of, of my special? So it, there's a lot of those things that, that are tough um, and how are going to have those are challenges that are coming at me, even though at the end of the day, if I, if they don't play by my rules, I'm going to do it myself anyway. Hmm. I'd say you're missing that. And the only other thing that you're missing from your career is the overly self-indulgent. I can act portion of your career where you do that, the comedian starring role thing that nobody wants. That well, I do that. That that and if I start doing Disney stuff, that's when you know you're super, super successful, right? When Ice Cube used to sing F the police and now he's making Disney movies, that's how you know you're really famous. But uh, and I always say I want to be so good as a stand-up that they will let me act. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's how that's how amazing Chris Rock is, because he is probably the worst actor I have ever seen. But he's that amazing as a stand-up that they're like, you know what? We, we'll forgive you for being the worst actor in the world. Don't do that. I did a junket a couple of days ago for Disney, and she was off the charts nice. It was a pleasure to see to Margaret Cho. But it's so funny to see that she was in, in this Disney Plus show that's aimed towards kids. And you're like, have you ever heard her stand-up? Yeah, do, do you know her act, right? Uh, but she's also just an amazing person, too. and yes. and. You know, I've never met a more confident human than than Margaret. I mean, she just oozes confidence. You know, I, I remember meeting her when I worked the door at the the Addison Improv and, and coming up, you know, she had already had that that failed sitcom and I clearly knew who she was. And I met her and she was not at all what I expected. I mean, she was such a she she exuded confidence and and, you know, um, had this winning attitude. And, and I think that that's what's attractive. And I used to hate early on in my career where they would go, you know, you got to be clean. You want to be successful. You got to be clean. I'm like, wait a minute. The most successful comedian of all time is Richard Pryor. He was so far from being clean. He was just funny. Right. Well said. Well, hey, two quick questions. And then I'm going to let you roam free because there's yard work to do. And I'm sure that's right in your future. Uh, First question, uh, as I mentioned before, music fan. Yes, you're busy with family and touring and you probably want to be home when you don't have to be on the road, but what's the last concert that you went to for fun? I went to, I was performing in Vegas during NFR in December and I am a huge George Strait fan. And my wife and I got to go see George Strait live. And I, I just, you know, and as a performer, I'm always watching how they perform. And one of the things that I really appreciated about George is that he was so gracious and made sure to constantly thank the people that came to see him. And I thought to myself, here's a guy with 60 number ones. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy who is filthy, filthy rich and successful. He's been famous for a very, very long time. And the fact that he continually said, 
thank you. He didn't say thank all of you. He would literally say thank you. And, and I thought to myself, man, like, what a classy, appreciative person. He would bow. He would say thank you. And then he gave away a house to a veteran on stage. And I thought to myself, not only is this guy classy, but he's also giving back. And, and I just, I enjoyed the concert so much because I knew every single song. I'm already a big fan, but I'm an even bigger fan that he's so gracious. And it made me become a better performer. And now I don't say thank you all for coming out. I now say thank you for coming out uh, because I learned it from George. Outro cast. <laughs>